Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about what to do if you're just at a kitschy happy hour bar in the East Village super late at night and a guy claims to be Bachelor Clayton Eckerd. Yes, we have some belated advice for the woman at the center of this week's biggest Bachelor gossip firestorm. I mean, oh my goodness, this story. The receipts alone are insane. But firstly, if a guy tries to pick you up by saying he was the Bachelor, just simply run. Run. Like, if he wants you to know it, that's not a good sign, <laughs> first off. Plus, we're talking about our most buttoned up and our most unbuttoned dating reality shows of the moment, The Courtship and Temptation Island. We'll be discussing episode four of both those shows. Today, to recap, we're joined by Claire Parker and Ashley Hamilton of the hilarious Celebrity Memoir Book Club podcast. But first, let's get to gossip. And we're going we're gonna to take that on solo because, who a lot happened over the weekend. Yeah, we needed to keep this as simple as possible because the details are a lot. So basically what happened is that Clayton was accused of cheating on Susie Friday night by a TikToker whose name is Sasha. We're not going to give her full name or handle. You can find it, but she's probably been experiencing a lot of harassment and dogpiling right now for reasons that will become clear, and we don't want to fuel that in any way. Basically, what happened is, yeah, Sasha made a TikTok in which she claimed that she was at a bar, specifically the Penny Farthing in New York City, which is truly my favorite part of the story because that bar is disgusting. Um, She was there (laughs) on Friday night, late at night, and a man came up to her and said, do you watch The Bachelor? And she said, no, not really. And uh, 
he claimed to be a, a man you might you might have heard of called Clayton Eckerd. Um, and he was apparently being like, I have tea. Here's all these things about the show. She didn't think anything of it. She doesn't watch. She went home with him. They did what they did. And uh, then she Googled him after she left and discovered that he was in a relationship. She she seemed confused about whether he was, like, married, engaged, in a relationship. So clearly her Googling didn't, like, take her into the specifics or yeah, she didn't express she didn't them get, well. She didn't get granular with her research. She was like, I ended a marriage tonight. And it's like, no, they're not married. There were <laughs> a she's lot like, of He's holes engaged. in this story. No, not engaged. Um, yeah, so she, she claimed that she had DM'd Susie um, to let her know what had happened, but she was like, I don't think she probably checks all her DMs, so I just wanted to make this TikTok to reach her. And the story just was a little bit not that I think initially already before there was any response, a lot of people were not that impressed by the story. Like that there wasn't really much proof. Um, she showed a screenshot of an Uber that he called for her, but like it, a screenshot of an Uber being called proves nothing. Like his name wasn't on it. He doesn't live at the address in question. So like, why would that prove anything except that someone called an Uber? <laughs> Right. And and the tone of the video was really sort of frenetic and gleeful. Like, it took on that tone that a lot of the kind of wry TikTok, I'm going to call someone out videos take. And so, as a whole, it already didn't seem that convincing. In the original video, she didn't name who the person was. Um, but obviously, people quickly started speculating. There's only a handful of bachelors who are with their final pick. Clayton, Matt James, I think a bunch of people had started speculating that it might be Matt in the comments and Rachel Kurganel like shut that down really quick and just started commenting no, 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 no on <laughs> every single and every single comment. The work that the girlfriends have to do to clean up after these rumors. Is, I know these poor women are just like out here having to do all of this messy social media labor. They're just like trying to have a relationship. But eventually in the comments, someone commented like, sis, like drop the name. And she wrote Clayton. She later deleted that comment and claimed that it was her friend who was like managing her TikTok who had actually responded it doesn't really matter. Basically, Clayton's name was floated, and from there, it this whole thing completely exploded. Ultimately, Clayton ended up responding in a very exasperated, understandably, video in which he's like, look, I can't even believe I'm addressing this, and he shows, I think his brother is taping him, and he goes to his, like, location settings on his phone and shows significant locations, and it shows that at like a few hours before he was allegedly at the penny farthing in Manhattan, he was in fact at a gym on a Friday night in Arizona, which is I mean, which, extremely on brand for Clayton. Right, like which seems more like a thing that Clayton would be doing on a random Friday night at Mountainside Fitness in Arizona or at the Penny Farthing. <laughs> like, he was just The Bachelor. Would he really waste his time at the Penny Farthing? Apologies to the Penny Farthing, but like, come on. We used to work near the Penny Farthing, yeah. and no, in my mind, I would never be like, this is where I would go to meet a recent bachelor to hook up with. <laughs> um, 
And Susie also posted a TikTok showing that she had FaceTimed with Clayton multiple times Friday night, Saturday morning, that she had seen that he was with his brother in Arizona early on Saturday morning, and that they FaceTimed while he was in Arizona on Friday night, like, not long before he was supposedly, like, hooking up with this woman. So she's like, it's just obviously impossible. So, okay. And also she's like, yeah, he was at the gym on Friday night. I can't believe this is my life. <laughs> Susie, again, continues to just be the most delightful PR for Clayton. And really, I, I feel so much better about him than I used to, just because I'm like, they seem very sweet together and they seem to be having a great time. Can you imagine if he had come off of what just happened with Gabby and Rachel and was trying to like rehab his image and be like, I'm not like a piece of shit. I just was confused. I didn't understand. And then he went out and immediately cheated on Susie with some girl from the penny farthing. And also like, not only <laughs> cheated on Susie, but was like out here being like, I was the bachelor in case anyone doesn't recognize me. I was the bachelor. This is my name. These are details about me. They're Googleable. Like it's just the least tactical move ever. It's It just defies it defies any logic. Um, and the the thing that was weird here is that, like, for me, if I had been Sasha on the receiving end of this, I would have quite quickly been like, oh, clearly there are some, like, seeds of doubt. Even if I believe, even if I'm telling the truth that I believe that this is what happened, like, what I'm seeing, you would assume that it would complicate that narrative for her. But she really, like, remained oddly defiant and just kept being like, LOL, this is my truth, like... Us Weekly wants to interview me. Us Weekly wants to interview me. I'm so excited. And Clayton even posted a screenshot of DMs between them because it seems like both he and Susie were messaging with Sasha, trying to be like, look, this just like simply didn't happen. Um, And we can see Sasha saying to him, your proof isn't proof. Laugh my ass off. And he says, Good luck, Sasha. Hope you learn a valuable lesson through this. Not all publicity is good publicity. She sends some sort of voice memo that he doesn't appear to have listened to. And he says, you said you met me in New York at 2 a.m., correct? And she says, yes, penny farthing. And he says, okay, well, my video shows I was at an Arizona gym at 8 p.m. Mountain Time, which is 11 p.m. East Coast, So even if I hopped onto a private jet, I wouldn't make it to New York until 3.30 a.m. The flight from Arizona to New York is four and a half hours. So that disproves you saw me at 2 a.m. Like I said, good luck. Which to me, that's like time is a pretty, like the realities of time are a pretty compelling. Like this is an alibi. (laughs) Like if you were being accused of a crime, like this would be pretty airtight. Like there's no way around this alibi. I I do feel feel for Sasha because it seems like she didn't understand the magnitude of what was going on. And she's, she's 22. It seems like pretty young and like hooked up with a guy who told her that he was the bachelor and she believed him. And so I don't want to get lost in this that, like, something happened to this girl that's shady. Like, yeah. it's really it's really messed up for guys to to lie about who they are for to women so that they will hook up with them, even if that's not why she did it. Right. Then, you know. Like, ultimately, so. the end result here was that three people got dragged into a lot of unnecessary internet shit that just, like, didn't need to exist at all. Um, and ultimately, Sasha did 
at least to an extent, like take responsibility from for that. On Sunday evening, Reality Steve did a short little live and he said that he had spoken to Sasha multiple times. Um, he had, you know, FaceTimed with her right after she had posted the original TikTok, but he wasn't reporting on it because he's, I, I guess, learned some lessons from, you know, the times when he has been a little too uh, confident in his own narrative of the way things happened. And so he luckily exercised some caution here. And he said that ultimately she had managed to get some security footage from the building in Tribeca where they had gone back to hook up. And she showed Steve a screenshot of the footage, which was from behind, but it showed Sasha and like this guy from behind, I think either entering the elevator, I think entering the elevator. And Steve looked at this and was like, look, this just simply isn't Clayton. It's not even his build. Like, I can tell you from looking at this person from behind, like, that is not him. And he also said on his live that from his perspective, like, he believed that Sasha genuinely believed that she had been with Clayton and that she truly was not an avid Bachelor watcher. Like, some people had been calling that into question. Like, oh, she made a joke about wanting to be on The Bachelor in January. And it's like, look, we all know that there are certain reality dating conventions and reality show conventions that are just floating in the culture. And we pick those up whether or not we know every single character. So, like, that part yeah. I really don't fault her for. I, For example, I could have easily made a TikTok about, like, my Real Housewives catchphrase long before I ever watched a single right. episode of The Real Housewives. It doesn't necessarily, like, imply a familiarity with the franchise. And I think that, like, her affect while she made the TikTok was really off-putting to a lot of people and definitely created the impression along with, you know, her stories about, oh, Us Weekly wants to interview me, LOL, that she was literally just making this up for attention and for TikTok clout. And I'm just, like, hesitant to definitively say that about a young woman who yeah. is getting a lot of negative attention right now because of this. Like, obviously, it's not okay to you know, to put Clayton and Susie through what she put them through based on such flimsy evidence. Um, but I also don't think that it's appropriate to read the absolute worst into what happened here when she's like a young woman who, you know, it seems like quite possibly got sort of in-person catfished by a sketchy guy. And yeah, she was a little overexcited about sharing this unpleasant information. She was, like, a little bit gleeful about it. It's distasteful. But, you know, that doesn't mean that everything has to be read completely cynically, that, like, she's just trying to, like, get onto The Bachelor by doing this, or, like, she's secretly a Bachelor, like, super fan who has been plotting this storyline for herself. Like, I don't know if there's evidence of that either. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And ultimately... On Sunday night, Sasha did delete her original TikTok, so it's no longer up, and did post a kind of more sober-toned apology. She reiterated what Steve had said on his live, um, and she also said that she had reached out to Clayton and Susie to apologize to each of them individually, privately, but she felt like she also owed them a public apology, which I think is definitely true. Um, and she, you know, insisted that she truly believed that she had been with Clayton. And she was like, so I guess there's a guy going around New York telling women that he's Clayton Eckerd, which is 
really creepy. Yeah. It's creepy. It's not cool. It's like a weird thing to double down on and then like, you know, have a sexual relationship with someone and like not tell them who you actually are. Like that's not okay either. So this just, this whole thing is just like a weird, distasteful uh, mess. And something I was thinking about in seeing the way that this all snowballed is just like, how this is the kind of thing that is going to potentially keep happening because of TikTok and because of our, like the false intimacy that I think you feel when you feel really at home on a social media platform and there are these very real incentives to kind of share everything happening in your life in real time and especially to share things that involve some sort of the ability to like call something out or identify a wrong. Like that is really, really incentivized on on TikTok. And it almost felt like she had this thing happen to her, got pumped up by some friends, went and made a video. You don't really think about who's going to see it. And then all of a sudden you are negatively impacted and you're really negatively impacting other people who don't deserve to be dragged into it. And so I just found the whole thing to be like a real bummer. Yeah, it's like West Elm Caleb comes right. to the Bachelor franchise. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you could see in that hint in her. T- to me, it's it seemed less like the behavior of someone who's really making it up per se, and more someone who's like, "Oh wow, this is my moment! Like it's all about to happen," and not really understanding the gravity of what the moment is, and. Um, it's it's tough. I hope that that Clayton and Susie are able to put this behind them. And I also hope that people don't um, put Sasha through too much because I think it's better for everyone if this all just sort of just move, move on. De-escalates and we move on. Everyone live. And also, if a man comes up to you at a shitty New York City bar and says, do you watch The Bachelor? Because I'm a bachelor. Maybe, maybe don't hook up with them. Maybe just walk away and say, sir, Godspeed. (laughs) Oh, God. Let's talk about some happier, I guess, gossip items. Um, Joe and Serena, uh, apparently, we have them to thank for one of our newest Bachelor Nation couples. I don't know if I feel the need to thank anyone for Anna Redman and Chris Bukowski dating, but, like, if I felt like it, Joe Joe and and Serena Serena would be the one. (laughs) Joe and Serena would like to thank themselves. um, Thank you, Joe and Serena. (laughs) And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because just Joe's choice of words in describing this story on (laughs) on clickbait. He basically said that, like, you know, Serena is friends with Anna. They were on Matt James' season together. Joe lives in Chicago, has known Chris for years. And I guess Serena and Anna had been talking about how Anna's just, like, tired of being single. And then Joe met up with Chris, and Chris was like, you know what? I'm tired of being single. And he's like, you guys have so much in common. So much in common. You have (laughs) to. to talk to this other girl who is tired of being single and also was on reality TV. Like, match made in fucking heaven. <laughs> and so Joe said that Chris was interested, and so, he, so and so Joe encouraged him to text her right now and strike while the kitchen is still hot. This slayed me. 
Joe, the saying is not strike while the kitchen is hot. What would that even mean? (laughs) I don't. Do you just light your entire kitchen on fire? I think everyone knows that it's a blacksmithing (laughs) metaphor, right? Like, we know that. Strike while the iron is hot. What's going on? In in Joe's head, like, when you're a grocer, like, everything looks like a kitchen, (laughs) I guess. That's just the vernacular that he knows. But thank you to Joe and Serena for taking two people who are sick of being single off the market. Um, Congrats to them. And speaking of happy relationships, Dumois posted a blind this week about a Bachelor star who is dating a famous singer. Um, Quote, this Bachelor star is going to reveal her relationship in a unique way. She has been commuted, presumably committed, to keeping her relationship private to this famous singer for a while, and she's finally ready to show it off to the world. And people are are speculating, and I believe this to definitely be true, that this blind is referring to Becca Tilly, who was on Ben's season and also Chris Soul's season of The Bachelor, and her apparently longtime girlfriend, singer Haley Kyoko. I'm obsessed, obsessed with this pairing. It took me a while to, like, apparently it's sort of been, like, not a secret, but something that they just have tried to keep private. You know, Becca's talked on her podcast about, like, having experienced the whole public relationship thing, especially when she was, you know, involved in the Bachelor franchise and just, like, not wanting to to do that right away this time. And they have been together, allegedly, for four years, which I love. And also, apparently, I think two of Becca's other sisters are also queer. I'm just, I love the idea of us getting a really beautiful queer relationship in Bachelor Nation. I, all I want is for Bachelor Nation to get queerer. And this also just really tracks with uh, my personal experience of knowing so many women who, like, dated dumb dudes in their early 20s and then we're like or I could date women wow that's I great I also feel like I also feel like it's so representative of the show the compulsory heterosexuality of the show that like oh, people yeah. probably go on the show either who are gay and sort of know it like Colton but but don't want aren't ready to accept it and they're like I'm going into this really straight environment to sort of mask that or you know maybe they're bi or queer in some other way, and they're like, well, that other part of me isn't really, there's no place for it in, on The Bachelor, so I'm only going to represent the hetero-conforming, like, sides of myself. And so we do see this, like, blossoming off the show. Like, that is how Bachelor Nation gets queer. Like, it's almost never accepted or represented on the show no. itself. It's always after the show that we see these other right once you're once you're outside of this of really as you said like extremely uh heterosexist environment like there is no really no space for queerness on the bachelor and so i i just find it really awesome when we get to like see that challenged um outside of the world of the bachelor and like yeah just like to retroactively <laughs> be like i was when i was on the show like performing as like a, a a pretty heterosexual princess. Like, that was a box that I was being, like, kind of <laughs> contained in. Exactly. That, 
the, the show likes to contain people in. Also, just highly recommend uh, if anyone is as into this pairing as I am, just like there's some really great Reddit rabbit holes you can go down and like Instagram <laughs> rabbit holes you can go down of like all these cute photos of them. And that's the tone that I like to explore on Reddit. Like no shit talking, just like adorable, beautiful photos of two people yeah. who are in love. And I hope that, that that this really is like something that they intended to go public with soon because I feel like they've kept it really under wraps and like given how public they both are as figures, um, that seems like a very intentional choice. So yeah. Um, I no, I hope so too. Yeah, uh, let's end with with some 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 more happy news. Tia Booth, last seen on the beach, having a very uh, Rough angry go. breakup with Taddy Daddy, is engaged. She got engaged to her boyfriend Taylor on the Bachelor Live stage in Atlanta. So cute. I've seen some videos of this floating around. She looked genuinely shocked. Um, obviously, she's very close with Becca Kufrin, so it like her boyfriend basically came out on stage and then starts kneeling, and she looks just like, wait, what the fuck is going on? And then Becca came out and like gave a bouquet of flowers, and they were like taping cute little videos backstage, and she just looks really elated and really happy, and like, yay, Tia! Just love to see someone who's really been through it. Uh, finding a good, healthy relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm happy for her, and it's it's always uh, nice to see how quickly people can find happiness once they free themselves from paradise and just date that nice guy that they met uh, before they went on reality TV. I think she said they met like right before she went on Paradise, and she was like, "No, I'm going to Paradise." And then yeah, she I think came he's also a little like, younger than her, so I think she had some sort of like, "Ah, is this right?" And then. It was. Well, I'm I'm very happy for them. Congrats, Tia and Taylor. And I think that wraps up gossip. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to recap The Courtship and Temptation Island with Claire Parker and Ashley Hamilton. Can you keep up? I like, love it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about 
is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love Article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from Article, that lovely chair out on my deck, Article, our big console, Article, my bed frame, Article. This is an Article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first Article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we're back. We're joined now by Claire Parker and Ashley Hamilton of Celebrity Memoir Book Club to discuss the fourth episode of The Courtship. Ashley, Claire, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having us. I'm Ashley. And I'm Claire. I'm the other Claire. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have four female voices and two Claires on this podcast. So we're going to do our best to keep things straight. But I mean, an embarrassment of riches, really. (laughs) Just like this show, The Courtship. It's just, it's as lively as, I don't know, what am I thinking of? A country fair? Oh my God. Have you guys been watching this or was this like your first (laughs) encounter? This was our first encounter. And I made, I was like, Ashley, you have to watch all four episodes and I'll just watch the fourth episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, because I love like teen dramas, CW shows, that whole thing. And Claire was like, okay, Temptation Island is my exact salacious stuff and this is your princess stuff and I watched it and I was like wait this is a reality show 
where they dress up like princesses. It is. I literally, the headline shocking. I saw that made me think it was for Ashley was I saw that it was originally on NBC and then pulled and put on the USA Today Network, USA <laughs> Network. I went, Ashley, this is you. Ashley is like a season 19 of Grey's Anatomy type person. And there's so only said, 18. Wow. Player. But you know what I mean? But I was like, something about the idea that it had been pulled off of NBC and put onto USA. I was like, this is suits adjacent. This is burn notice adjacent. This is for Ashley. Burn notice and then, is my favorite and, show. so this was right in your niche of like shows that most people don't want to watch yes um welcome like shows for moms to watch after they put their kids to bed is like my exact genre of television (laughs) same and it works because that is what i do with my life now (laughs) um so let's talk about episode four This is the episode that opens with two new suitors being introduced at the end of the farewell ball. So they got rid of two. They're bringing in two new dudes, Dr. Hatem and Mr. Judge. I feel like Dr. Hatem just got in there real quick. He's like, I'm an ER doctor. I'm hot. I'm Irish. I love parkour. What more could a lady want? Did you see him do a backflip? Yes. Can I say something? I love a backflip. And when he did a backflip, I said, you're a doctor who can do a backflip. I almost thought they were kidding about the doctor part because I said, no doctor can do a backflip. Claire goes crazy for a backflip. It's something that we've actually talked about extensively. There's this um, Britney Spears performance where she does a back handspring. And it is like one of the most iconic moments in history, I think. And so seeing him do a backflip, I will say... The problem with him is that he, like, he was like, I'm an ER doctor who can do a backflip. Why am I playing this game? And I was like, why are you playing this game? I don't know. (laughs) I felt like he was so aware of what a whole package he was that it was off-putting in the end. He was like, listen, I do parkour and I'm an ER doctor. Which, first of all, I didn't know that parkour was such an appealing attribute. But now I'm learning that for some women, that's, like, really all they want. Please do not misunderstand me. Parkour is not what I'm interested in. <laughs> it's backflip-specific of a backflip. That, mm-hmm. to me, is cool. <laughs> yeah. I feel like for you, it's backflips and flagpoles. Like, someone who can do a flagpole, which, like, I guess parkour is attractive to you because those are two key elements of parkour. And you've never <laughs> talked about being obsessed with parkour, but you do talk about backflips and flagpoles a lot. So... I don't know. There might be something there. I do think that he is... Okay, this is something that I was so curious about. Is like, the the willingness to go do this show and, like, participate in the pageantry of it. I was like, they could not have known it was going to air on Peacock or USA or wherever it's airing. (laughs) And then also, I think that... I wonder what he knew when he signed up because he seems so aware of being the total package. But then he's like, why am I dressed like this? And it's like, I don't know why. Are you? (laughs) I think that's like a very common vibe of dudes who go on reality shows, though. They're like, I'm here to be on TV. I don't care where this is airing. I'm going to be on TV. And I have a lot of self-confidence. I get get the sense that Dr. Hatem has been trying to get on Love Island. And he was like, this will do. I got to this first. Mr. Judge is more of a humble lad. He's a wrestling coach from a very tiny town in Michigan. Mr. He mentions it Judge once or twice. Is a smoke show. That's he's, he's the guy for me. <laughs> Can I say what I felt? Doctor Hatem and Mr. Judge really represented to me both the strengths and the weaknesses of the courtship. 
I felt, one, they're so hot. And I want to give the courtship credit for I've never seen hot. To me, men on a reality show, there's no less appealing group of people. (laughs) It is by definition repulsive to me to think of a man who is like vying for TV stardom. Those men were still hot. And they were in silly costumes. So that was impressive to me. But I think the way that they just like randomly were brought on, I'm like, oh, I can already tell that they knew this show was like failing while filming. Like I could tell that it reminded me of like the first season of Too Hot to Handle where I'm like, oh, the producers literally do not have a week to plan. Like it feels like nobody knows what's happening on that show. Because as we have discussed before in our previous recaps of this show, they really focused on setting and concept and not on content. They were like... We have Bridgerton, people like that, and people like The Bachelor. So what could go wrong? And then they start filming and they're like, nothing's happening? Yeah, they're like, we didn't really think through most of this, actually. It must be so weird to come in and see all these people milling around in costumes and taking it deadly seriously. (laughs) And you're like, they're like working out in costume. It's crazy. (laughs) You may never remove your overcoat. Not on this show. I I feel like by definition, the whole problem with the Regency era is like that it was extremely contained sexually. And what's fun about these shows is that people can't contain themselves sexually. So to remove the ability to like be horny in inappropriate ways, actually removed the entire intrigue of a dating show. Yeah, and I feel like you see a lot of the guys, like, forgetting what dating show they're on. Like, this whole, like, Mr. Judge, Mr. Whatever. Like, what's what's the guy who... Mr. Mika like or Botticelli or something like that. Mr. Bokikio? Is that what you're thinking of? <laughs> um, the way that they, Out like, here trying him, to stake his claim. The way they called him Danny B at one point, I was like, you know they think they're on The Bachelor. They, like, keep forgetting oh, that yeah. they're not. <laughs> it's The Bachelor in costume. Like, the yeah. whole yeah. format is highly The Bachelor. Um, and so let's get to the first group date of the week, right? The big group date, Bachelor style, is a country fair, There's coconut shying. There's someone on a tightrope. The women are all in the most violent shade of pink I have (laughs) ever seen. I don't think that color existed in the Regency. Definitely not. It's an extremely current, (laughs) extremely current color. Uh, They didn't know how to make that color until the 1980s. Like, I just don't think (laughs) that would ever happen. No, it's like full right off the, like, Valentino fall 2022. (laughs) Madonna invented that color. (laughs) Yeah, it is. uh, It's a current color. Or fair. (laughs) And this is the first chance that our two new suitors have to, as Mrs. Remy puts it, insert themselves This is like the most titillating comment that's been made on the entire season, and everyone is aghast. They're like, this (laughs) woman, my mother, wants men to insert themselves. On the first episode, this woman nearly fainted to the ground because someone wrote the phrase sexual tension in a letter to her daughter, who is like 30 and lives in modern-day America. So certainly no one expected this from Mrs. Remy. Um, But things get a little spicier because the big event at this fair is a kissing booth. So bringing in a little like Netflix teen rom-com here, the kissing booth is very trendy. Is that, does anyone know the historical accuracy of a kissing booth? I didn't didn't look into this. (laughs) It's such a basic concept that I actually was like, maybe it did exist at a fair back then. Um, I could see like a traveling circle. Do you know what I mean? I feel like that's like, 
You would go to a circus. Yeah, I feel like it would be a woman there. I don't think you would find like a gentlewoman in no. in a kissing booth, right? Like that seems like it would really ruin her to be out yeah. here just like kissing men. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't think that this was something that that someone of Ms. Remy's purported station <laughs> would be doing. Um, but it is important for her role as the lead of the show to start kissing some of these she dudes. Finally She's finally kissed action. like a couple. I mean, frankly, that's what I want from her. Like, it's it's almost an affront that she's made it this far into reality dating show and has only gotten to make out with, like, two of them. Yeah. And I mean, if I could do anything with my life, it would be justice for Nicole Remy. That girl is so beautiful. And, <laughs> and nice. beautiful. Perfect. Lovely. She deserves to be the Bachelorette. I'm. So, she only has, she has less than 7,000 followers on Instagram right now. Did you know that? That's wild. I mean, she deserves better. She is like, I don't understand how someone this beautiful, kind, and talented is on the market to the degree that she's like, I have to travel back in time to the Regency <laughs> to have any hope of finding commitment. Um, but here, at least, there are a group of men who are willing to put on silly costumes and try to hit a nail on the head with one swoop in order to win a kiss from her. And Mr. Bokikio gets a kiss, but then he just sits around and pouts whenever another guy gets a kiss. He's Because he's so... the only one who gets to kiss Ms. Remy. Mr. Bokikio is really starting to rub me the wrong way this episode. I don't, I don't like his attitude. Bad attitude, like sir. This kissing booth game also gives all of the dudes um, the opening to become like big rules guys. Another bachelor thing. Yeah, a big That's bachelor so... thing. So an attribute of The Bachelor that not all dating shows have is the point when all of the guys start being like, I won the competition and I should have gotten more kissing time with the lady, but I didn't. And that's not fair. What that's happened to evil. class? That what happened to rules? Evil. Yeah, it's because they like don't know how to express any emotions. And so then they're like, it's not, I'm not upset. I'm saying they broke the rules and you should be upset. Like, Literally. I'm not mad. <laughs> or I'm full of rage. And we all know rage is not an emotion when it comes yeah. from a man. They're like, Please. I don't feel things about a woman. That's embarrassing. What I feel is that the there game. are rules in life. <laughs> yeah, There's a and, game uh, and games must matter. Be followed. <laughs> and if you don't follow the rules, you are, as Captain Kim would say, evil. Evil. Yeah. evil. Yeah. That is what pure evil is. And I've seen yeah. it on the courtship. Yeah. Um, so after the kissing booth, uh, the men start to mingle and make some, some moves. So some interesting choices. Mr. Castronovo has been trying to turn up the romance with Ms. Remy. And the way that he does this is he's like, I love my family. You love your family. You mix that together, unstoppable passion and romance, and you're <laughs> definitely going to feel passion and butterflies for me soon if our families, family values just kind of like, you know, tickle each other just right. Sure. I mean, as you know, mm. if a man has two to three nice conversations with your parents— Nothing makes you want to fuck more than that. That's yeah, passion. I love it. When there. I'm getting hot and heavy, I'm like, by all means, bring up my in-laws. That's <laughs> yeah. what I yeah. want to hear about when it's go time. His move is to be like, we're both we're similar in this way. So you're you're gonna start feeling passion for me soon. Like you just are. It's gonna happen later. And <laughs> I'm just explaining that to you. Mr. Shanklin has a different approach, which is turning up the romance by pulling Ms. Remy aside to sing an original love song to her. Acapella. Again, another one, but louder this time. I hate singing. This is, I like, 
No, this is the this is the worst thing. This is evil. In this the way is that an atrocity. Claire goes crazy over backflips and flagpoles, singing at people, I think is one of the cruelest things you could do. I like hate live singing at I just, I can't stand it. I don't know. I like music. I hate singing. To sing it, there's something about the way that it happens here that I think gets to the heart of why it can be uncomfortable. He's just sort of standing and facing her like they're having a conversation, and but he's singing at her. So they're not having a conversation. Like the closer that your setting and posture to each other is to a conversation, the weirder it is that you're just doing a performance. Other person doing a performance because like how are they supposed to receive that yeah it's weird to demand like the the floor that way be like i understand that we have a very small amount of time to get to know each other what if i commandeer most of it yeah (laughs) what if i create a situation where it's rude for you to speak (laughs) but also please react with like the appropriate facial expressions that will affirm me like it's a it's very very awkward she you can also just tell she is again not into this. She's like she's very so cut off. She's repelled. She? <laughs> she's no like, one. wow, great. Uh, thank you for that. And he's like, I'm gonna keep doing this as long as I stay. And she's like, she's like, oh, oh no. you have to go home today because yeah. I can't do this for any longer. This guy literally is like the way that I express affection is through singing. And that just sounds like a threat to me. It's like, you will never get any affection to me unless you have to endure whatever. Can you imagine just close range singing in your home at all times? That is a nightmare. I I have a version of that disease where I'm like, the only way I can show emotion is through joke. And people are like, go to therapy. (laughs) I like relate to that. And I see it as a flaw. And the fact that he's put it on TV, like it's something good about him. I it's not okay. have singing in my home because, like, two floors below me, there's an opera singer. And whenever I'm, like, walking up and down the stairs to take my dog out, I, like, hear the singing. And just that, like, that alone, having <laughs> the—just, like, knowing that there's singing happening in this building stresses me out <laughs> to a point where I'm like, if this was at me, it's violence. It's a form yeah, of violence. Ashley would not ha- be able to be in Mr. Shanklin's presence for more than like two minutes is what we're learning, which is honestly relatable. relatable. He didn't notice. He, he does this to, to Miss Remy and she's horrified. And afterwards he's like, the ladies love me, but they love it when I sing. And it's like, so you didn't notice that she really didn't like that at all. Okay. So we're they learning nothing here. It. Moving on. <laughs> Um, like you're single, buddy. Like, I don't know what else I have to tell you about how that's working. Um, meanwhile, Mr. Bokikio is really putting his foot in it left and right. He tells the Remy's that he came to look for connection, not love. And they're like, how dare you? This guy's not here for the right reasons. And then he sits down with Ms. Remy and is just a whiny little brat. He's like, I'm all for competition, but these guys are gross. And, like, you can't be serious with 11 guys. Like, like I need sir, to know that you're here for me. Sir, you're on a dating show. She's literally not here for you. Like, she, she's here for all of the 11 guys. That's how it works. I feel like that's another, like, runoff of The Bachelor drama where there's, like, always one guy who's like, I need to have assurance from you that, like, this is real. And she's like, well, I'm still dating, like, 50 other people. And then, and then she does it back to them where she's like, I need to know that you're here for me. And they're like, well, we've only known you for four minutes. And it just, like, is that back and forth where everyone's like, 
they might not really love me. And it's like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> I will say, I like, I do, this is another Bachelor thing that I know is the wrong side in Bachelor POV. But when they're like, I can't guarantee that I could get to marriage in two months, but I do really like you. And they're like, that's not enough for me. I need somebody who's ready to marry me tomorrow. And I'm like, I don't know. That seems crazier. It feels much better to have somebody who said in two months, I'll really like you as opposed to in two months, I will commit my life to you. I don't know. Some other guy is like, I'm going to commit my life to you. And like, oh, that's looking like a better deal. You know, that life just might include (laughs) a lot of close singing, you know, so it's a trade off. In this moment, in this moment, I just, I mean, Miss Remy is left, and I'm really committing to the last names here. You will not hear me call her Nicole. So she's, like, crying at the end of this. She's like, I have real feelings for him, and, like, I would hate, like, if he pulls away because of this. Like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. And he just seems cool as a cucumber. I think he seems super manipulative. I didn't like this at all. Like, he was kind of, like, flexing his power as the person who had the yeah, he's first like, good date Yeah, if you really her. like me, then you need to change your behavior with everyone else. And it's kind of yeah. like, fuck We're you, like dude. We're like three episodes in. Also, did you notice that like a very hot ER doctor just made an appearance? Like, he did. calm down, sir. He did. I will say exactly the problem. that Miss Remy seems to be falling for Bokikio's nonsense did make me go, well, that's why she's single in real life. It does seem like there's a lot of decent people there. And Bokikio really has stepped up to the plate as standing out as the worst one to me. And the fact that she so obviously likes him the most, I'm like, okay, well, this makes me sad for you because you actually should be a princess in real life. (laughs) I I think her heart is just too open. Like, she really takes people at face value and, like, gives them a lot of benefit of the doubt and a lot of she reads everything as positively as you can. Yeah. And that's not always serving her. I will say one thing about this show that is very interesting to me is, so I think it's actually fascinating that they have, like, a support system there as, like, part of the whole shtick. But the way she does not listen to a word they say is shocking to me. Like, her family is. Is it shocking to you? But I'm like, why <laughs> Why have them? Like, why have this, like, court of people who are, like, supposed to I don't think they figured you? out how, how to use the court properly at yeah. all. Because it is, it is this weird combination where, like, yeah, she's not really listening to them. But also, they're not really offering much. They're like, they're like, I don't know. I've really had a good conversation with Mr. Castronovo and we as your parents want to hang out with him. And she's like, I don't want to touch this man. And they're like, well, yeah, please take into account that we would like to see Mr. Castronovo <laughs> in our lives. And she's like, so I marry Mr. Castronovo, <laughs> a man I feel less than nothing for. That's your plan for me. Like, why would she take yeah. that on board? But we don't actually see them giving much warning to her about Mr. Bokikio. That's true. That's true. They're just and like I wonder if that talking happened. among themselves. Maybe they're building to that. We'll we'll see yeah. in future episodes. Um but let's we should talk about someone that I I'm fond of, Mr. Cones. Love Mr. Who Cones. Sits and down with her for a picnic and immediately takes off his knee-high boots and says these little sausages need to be freed because of course for Mr. Cones everything is seen through the prism of food. Earlier in the episode, the minute they mention a country fair, he's like, "Ah, maybe there will be corn dogs there." I'm like, "This man is being underfed and he has the important things on his mind and I appreciate that." 
I really yeah. liked Mr. Combs, honestly, like off the bat. And then he like has not really done anything else to stick out ever other than just like, like, because he loves corn dogs. He was what the one who had a need? good, he had the good first letter, right? He's the one who like put his cologne on the letter. Yes. That and is I was him. like, where is that from Mr. Combs? I, I like that he does actually seem genuine. And he seems to have an, a good rapport with Ms. Remy that is not based on her feeling nagged or out of sorts afterwards yeah, or insecure. Yeah, I love him. They have this really nice conversation, actually, um, where she asks him whether he's ever dated a Black woman. And he says, of course. And she's like, oh, wow, that's great to hear. You know, when I was in high school, I never got asked out because I was Black. And, like, all of the boys I went to high school with just wanted to date white girls. And it was really scarring and then Mr. Cones got very emotional and kind of got into that moment with her a little bit and was like I'm that's awful like I'm so sorry to hear that like I grew up poor and I really struggled but none of it was because of my skin color and like we have to do better and I've worked so hard to be a better person I'm glad that you like see that in me and are like embracing that in me and then they symbolically flip off all the people who rejected her, just as you would in Regency times. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And I like that she was like, I understand this isn't proper decorum, so I must remove my glove <laughs> yes. before I, you know, say, give a real fuck you to all of the racists in high, from high school. But this was a this was a nice conversation, as an, especially just seeing it after Mr. Bokikio used his time to kind of make her feel like crap for participating yeah. in the show. Um, I was like, pay attention to how you feel around these people. Like, pay attention to how Mr. Cones is like, you know, yes, all he mostly usually brings up is food, but like food is great. And like, he's willing to have these other conversations with you and you feel good with him. And isn't that better than feeling like garbage? Um, but after this... Uh, country fair. It's time for a small group date, and the men are selected by Miss Cleary and Mrs. Baker, and they choose Mr. Mumbray, Mr. Chapman, Mr. Hatem, and Mr. Judge. Of course, the two new men need some extra time. And it's a fencing date. I was into this. They all have to put on, like, Regency-style, like, quilted fencing armor and practice their parrying. I, I mean, I liked it. I think that they, I think fencing is hot. <laughs> yeah, I, think I so agree. Too. I also liked that it was a woman who was teaching them fencing. Yeah, very um, era appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, it reminded me of a Regency romance that I love called uh, Nine Rules to Break When Romancing a Rake by Sarah McLean, in which the heroine, uh, dresses and like fencing drag so that she can have like adventures and learn to do Ooh, gentleman things and I like that. then there's like a steamy hookup while she's like in her fencing armor and I was like see that's what we were is, missing this is more like that's more what I'm looking for but mostly they just practice their lunging in their in their quilted armor and then they have some one-on-one -on -one chats she chats with Dr. Hatem and he's like I do parkour so that's pretty cool. I'm a doctor, so that's also pretty cool. And I'm learning to be a pilot. And she's like, oh, my God, pilot pending. That's He's so great. really just, like, hitting all of the reality TV male tropes. He's like, I'm a doctor. And then he's like, but also a pilot. 
I, I, I should be like the bachelor. A, He's trying to audition to be the bachelor. Who like has been studying it and like, do you know what I mean? I almost feel like he went to a career counselor for being a bachelor and said, <laughs> what, yeah. what extracurricular like, should I have well. on my resume? And they were yeah. like, a pilot's license actually would really help. These are not organic, like, dovetailing interests. I, like, you know? kind of zoned out during this part. And then when I, like, snapped Fair. back in and then he was like, and I want to become a pilot. I was like, wait, is this the same guy from before who was a doctor? Hold on. I, like, had to rewind and rewatch part of it because I was like, I don't understand the pilot doctor thing. He just wants to have all of the, he wants to have all of the aces in his hand when he meets a woman. He's like, you're not into pilots. That's cool. I also do backflips. Exactly. Landscaping. He's like, um, I know that, uh, you know, my future date will be into one of these things. So I'm just going to spread out. And it's something not even will, to meet his work. future wife. It's to meet his future wife's friend's husband. Yes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it has nothing to do with garnering the interest of a woman or a partner. It has everything to do with when I'm compared to the other husbands and the other boyfriends, I'm going to be the best. That's like, so what true. does he have that I don't have? He works out? Well, I work out off buildings. I don't need a gym. I'm jumping on the <laughs> roof of the gym. <laughs> He's like, oh, he likes to travel? Well, I'm the captain of his plane. <laughs> That's like, so true. Oh, he has a kidney problem? I'll fix it. Yeah. Yeah, it's homosocial capital that he's yeah, trying exactly. to build. Uh, Mr. Chapman tells her that for the last two years, he has lived in a Honda Odyssey. And he's never been in the same place for this long during that time. And she's like, that's kind of hot. And I was like, again, Ms. Remy is just so open-minded. She's like, literally, basically anything is hot except Mr. Castronovo and Mr. Shanklin singing to me. Everything else, definitely hot. Yeah. Honda Odysseys, uh, notoriously sexy cars. I feel like being van life is like the most Regency-adjacent lifestyle. No showers. You're just kind of shuffling around in your carriage on the road for days at a time, taking to the coast for the summers. Yeah, he's used to, he's used to living in sort of unconventional settings, like yeah. going without the creature comforts. Um, and I think it's going to stand him in good stead. I think we're going to see more of Mr. Chapman in the future. But uh with that, it's time for the farewell ball, which always comes just when I'm starting to like get into the episode. And they're like, and now it's over. Time to say goodbye to all these men that you just finally are starting to learn something about. And on the dance card this week are Mr. Shanklin, Mr. Castronovo, Captain Kim, and Mr. Bokikio. Captain Kim is just spending every single week on the dance card. There's a moment earlier in the show where he's like, I really thought that we had a special bond because... I made it through two dance cards and I was like, that was like a bad thing though. Like, like why were you on the dance card twice? <laughs> right. Like, why did you think that that was a good thing about your relationship? <laughs> I would say my on favorite the dance part of this show has been the ball, like the, the dances at the end, because I love the way that they like try to have conversations while also trying to hit these oh, steps. And like, it's every- my favorite thing. <laughs> she, the, like, the fact that she, and she's getting better at it as time goes on. Yeah. You can tell she's more comfortable with the choreography. So she's better able to give that like very biting uh, feedback as there. I don't even know what dance moves to describe. I love the way she does like two words at a time. She's like, and I have to tell you that you are not staying here. And they're like, yeah. what? <laughs> okay. She's like, I'm, I appreciate that you've been trying 
to show me more. I just think maybe it's not enough. And they're like, oh, uh, well, I, I feel the passion for you. I'm going to show you that every day. And it is just a beautiful thing. It's truly like every week I'm like, this is more and more like an HR meeting yes. conducted while dancing. And it seems like a lot of the guys actually think Mr. Bokikio is going home. Uh, yeah, they're like, he point. overplayed his hand. He's too, he's been too aggressive. She's not into it. But of course, Mr. Bokikio is like the only one causing drama or like emotional turmoil. So he needs to stick around as long as possible. And I think they underestimate his appeal. Like the fact that he can cause her this emotional turmoil so easily without even doing it. Right, just it means by being she's like, into him. Yeah, she's into him. She wants that moment where they're on the dance floor and he leans in for a kiss and then dips her. That that makes up for all of the turmoil to her. That's the the ascendant part of the roller coaster that they're on. And so he's he's definitely got to stay. Um, Mr. Kim, Mr. Bokikio both basically have to explain themselves for being like insecure little babies at the fair. And Mr. Kim is like, I acted jealous because seeing you kiss guys at the kissing booth reopened my old wounds from my girlfriend leaving me while I was at boot camp. But it wasn't your fault. And what it made me realize is that you've made me feel again. And she's like, well, do you want to be here? And he's like, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't. Can I ask who's helping these men come to these conclusions? Because they're not doing it on their own. He didn't sit there and say, this emotion of anger comes from a feeling of insecurity, which ties back to a triggering moment. Like That is why they have producers, Claire, obviously. Producers are like, look, if you want to put yourself in the best position, you need to really own what happened. And don't you think that your reaction might have had something to do with the fact that your girlfriend left you that time, right? That's yeah, what I was, yeah. like, I, I like, feel like ah. every time they have, like, this one moment of trauma that they're, like, I can tie every, like, negative reaction back to that moment and just kind of brush it off. And for Mr. Kim to have it be, like, a 17-year-old heartbreak, I'm like, all right, I don't know that you have me with this one. <laughs> yeah, I— I'm not sure that they're that they're going to make it in the long haul, but it's interesting to me because I think that production could also push him another way for more drama. And instead, they're like, let's repair this rupture with Ms. Remy, okay? You don't blame her. She did nothing wrong. And that makes for just like a less eventful <laughs> confrontation between them. Things go a little bit more rough with Mr. Shanklin. She's like, your attempts at romance were too strong, too fast. And he's like, well, if you let me go, you're making a big mistake. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Gasps throughout the ballroom. She's like, I don't really like my judgment being questioned. And Mr. Shanklin then pulls an accidental Hail Mary like I have never seen. He just walks backward and falls off a cliff right into this one. He's like, you know what? You, I know my worth. And like, you're going to make your decision. No matter what happens, I'll still love you regardless. And she's like, you're in love with me? And he's like, uh, yes. Yeah, I was like, this was fully an accident. He was just trying to, like, offer a nicety, and she's like, you said the L word? 
Yeah, he he doesn't understand the care with which the word love has to be deployed on a show like The Bachelor, which this is. I also say in real life, if on a third date, I was like, hey, I don't know if I should see you again. And he goes, whatever happens, I'll always love you. (laughs) I would also be like, okay, actually, before I break up with you, I need you to like write down some info about contacts in case like this blows up. Like I need to give my roommate your address and like your parents' <laughs> phone number because now I'm scared. I've had yeah. someone that I went on like a couple of dates would be like, well, I'll always care about you. And I was like, ew, what? Why? What are you talking about? You're like, <laughs> I will never think about you again after like two days from now. Like, I haven't who? cared about you yet. That was the problem. Yeah. That's why we're not going on a fourth date. We haven't even been on a real date. We've gotten drinks like three times. <laughs> I feel like it's like a script that is more for talking to your friend who's about to make a bad decision. Yes. Right? You're like, you're going to make your decision about but like, I'll whether love you to like anyway. marry this person. I'll love you regardless. Like, I'll it doesn't, support you. Know, you. You'll, you'll always have me. It's not the, the script that you pull out when you're potentially being dumped by someone you met recently. <laughs> and he just, he made an accident. He made a whoopsie. He said it. Can't be unsaid. And... She says, I don't know if I can get there with you. And he's like, I'll just love and watch you from afar, really doubling down. Meanwhile, Mrs. Remy is like, tells Mr. Remy, I told you it was too much singing. (laughs) I agree. I agree. This is the best commentary that Mrs. Remy has given the entire season. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'll watch you from afar. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're all watching her from afar, so... (laughs) (laughs) Like, in a meta way, he's spot on. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I'll be taking my seat in the audience now. I'll tune in on (laughs) Peacock.com. Can't wait to see the rest of your journey in a few months. During their dance, as mentioned, Mr. Wukikyo kisses Ms. Remy and shocks the world. This was the kiss heard around the ballroom. Everyone is like, it's a farewell dance. What is he doing? And... This this rescues his spot, I think. she She's like, obviously, I'm still into you. You can stay. But Ms. Remy's parents are very concerned. They're like, if this is his version of stepping up to the plate, it's not cutting it for us. It's interesting because her father is like, it's one thing to lay it all out on the dance floor, but can he do it in real life? And I'm like, none of them are doing it in real life, really. So... Slightly artificial distinction we're making here, but he lives to fight another week. And Mr. Castronovo makes his play and is like, every day you'll feel like the most beautiful girl in the world to me. And she says, I don't know if I can get there. That's her favorite line. It I really mean, is. because it's it's that perfect, like, kind version of it's not you, it's me. Yeah. It's the reality TV version of it because it calls on the time limitation of the format. Mm-hmm. Like, in real right. life, you wouldn't say that because you'd be like, you know, it, it's not a fit, obviously. You wouldn't say, I can't get there in two weeks because why does it have to be yeah. two like, weeks? Like, why would you even try to? That's so weird. I almost yeah. feel like it's a reality TV version of I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, there is a connection, but it's not, it'll never be enough. Like, yeah. it, I don't like you enough. Yeah. Yeah, or it's like, we met at the wrong time sort of thing. Yeah. Like, if only... <laughs> if, if only, only I could get recast next season, then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and so the Remy's weep because they had picked him to be their son-in-law so that he could make pizza for them and, and be jovial at family dinners. And 
You know, that is just the cross that the parents of a very hot woman dating 11 men have to bear. Um, It's hard. And we'll see. I guess we'll see next week if something momentous happens. I'm still waiting (laughs) every week. I'm like, it's going to be the the big dramatic week this week. And then... I feel like the problem is you already have to suspend your disbelief so much to watch The Bachelor. The idea of like we're watching these people really fall in love is so preposterous that then to put them in these costumes adds another layer of like removal from the emotional truths of these people. So you're watching it and I feel like, I literally feel like when you're watching them work out in boots and you're like, well, that can't be how your body should move. You feel the same way emotionally. Like you can't get to know somebody over a tea time dance And so it's, like, really hard to get interested at all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, a tea time dance with their parents watching. And, like, I don't know. There's a lot to it where I I do kind of think that I'm going to keep watching it because I feel like it'll heat up. I think it has taken a lot longer. You can come back and discuss it again. We can check in later in the season. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm going to keep watching it. I'll— Nothing, even if nothing happens in the rest of the season, I will watch every minute and definitely enjoy it on some level. But I think we've got to wrap it up there because we still have to talk about Temptation Island. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to talk about the fourth episode of Temptation Island. Can you keep up? I like I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that. I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. 
And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. And we're back. And it is time to talk about a show that we truly have been loving. That's right. Temptation Island, episode four. We have to check in on all of our favorite, absolutely dysfunctional couples as they just get really horny for other people. As they form more functional couples with other people. God, all of my criticisms about courtship, no criticisms of this show. Perfect work. Well done, everybody. (laughs) It's it's a very well-executed reality show. And it's hitting all of the the high notes. This episode for me was just like a blur of like water sports and people with giant muscles like licking whipped cream off of lithe women with tattoos. They must have a sponsorship with Ready Whip and <laughs> chocolate sauce. No, like I have I know that in high school we all read Cosmo and we had this idea that the sexiest thing you could do is lick whipped cream off each other, but then By 19, you're over that. Yeah, you, like, watched American Pie, and you were like, is that a thing? And then you existed in the real world. It's It's not actually a thing. But then, if you go on Temptation Island. You start learning about yeast infections, and you're like, yeah, I don't know. It is not just, like, a one-off themed dessert party, either. It seems like every night they have a fresh can of whipped cream. Yeah, well, because, and we see it happen with the boys, (laughs) the, the men in the couple, that they basically have, like, an ice cream sundae topping non-fully consummated sex orgy with the single women. And then they all have to, they get chocolate syrup all over everything. I was like dying. I wanted to go in and scrub the floor. And then this week it's the, the, the women in the couples who do the, the licking with like, what is the, the the cleaning assistance situation on this show? Like, do they have, members of production coming in and, like, cleaning the house? Or is that on the cast members? I would be intervening. Like, this is, like, how I am as a toddler mom, where I'm just, like, I can see I'm going to have to clean that up later, and I'm going to stop you right there. We're putting the paints away right now. Like, I would be up coming, diving in from the production crowd, being like, no! I will say Ash's body position when the when the, one of the single guys, I forgot which one, it licks the whipped cream off of her. The way she, like, arches her back and, like, poses her leg while he's licking her. I was like, what did I just watch? No, she knows. I was, I I noted that, too, and I was like, that is impressive, Ash. And I appreciate that you're just, like, aware 
So they're like, we've all absorbed. I feel like that's yeah. an image that I'd absorb by osmosis of like, of course, if you want to appear sexy, you must arch your back. It was like a Thus. still frame for Hania. Like she was like, they must print this out and frame it in the boy's house. He'll see it and he'll think about it. <laughs> I do think they called back that shot six or seven times throughout the episode. I mean, she nailed it. She got her her shot. <laughs> yeah, they all know exactly what they're doing. Um, and... So we're going to run through what each of the coupled people is sort of up to, the connections that they're getting into, because a lot of them are starting to to really gel with people outside of their relationship. So let's talk about Ashley. Ashley is, of course, in a seven-year relationship with LaSalle's. But in that entire time, he's, like, never been emotionally available to her at all. And so she's... She's having an interesting arc. This is now, she's she's interested now in Blake, who looks sort of like a young, very easily blushing Owen Wilson. And she previously was into another guy who also, they both had this sort of like floppy hair. It like really drawling. took me a while to figure out if Blake was a new person. It was shocking to me that it turns out that's her type. Because when um, LaSalle's and Ashley came on, I thought, oh, well, they're like the hottest couple by far. And so to see her recouple up with kind of a what I thought was like a less hot guy and then his twin, I was like, oh, no, this is like, this is her preference. <laughs> she loves a sloppy, stone-looking surfer, bro. If Go get one then. I don't know. If, if that's what you want, that's what you can have. <laughs> I think what she wants, though, is LaSalle's to treat her the way that these guys treat her. And he he's not going to i don't think we'll get into that but like she just loves she needs something so different from what lascelles is giving her that she's like going for the total opposite and we see a few of them doing that and i also feel like she's kind of getting herself into a place where she can enjoy the adoration from these men but not really get that attached to them and that's why we see her being like yeah obviously I would like sob and be and also be so happy if LaSalle's proposed to me at the end of this and she doesn't even like give a moment of thought to the fact that the dude she's been like dating is right there because she's like obviously we're just this is not real like I was I'm in a seven-year relationship with LaSalle's yeah I think seven years is a long time to like not have emotional availability from someone. <laughs> and then they also don't have sex anymore, right? Yeah, she, they, they talked about how the romance was kind of gone, which can happen if you are completely closed off to each other emotionally. Like, it's hard to really get that intimacy going. It's just so, crazy to be so beautiful and so young as a couple and, like, have everything be dead. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? To be, like, at 27, I've given up hope on a true connection with my own partner and we're not even having sex anymore. And we're not even engaged. It's yeah. just like a lot to give up before the and marathon And this is why I feel starts. grateful I didn't meet someone that like was long-term partner potential at age 20. It's just yeah. too, it's too early. It's too early. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like they met at 20 and then they were like, well, how could we ever date anyone else? And it's like, you can, <laughs> you're allowed. That's why they're on Temptation Island, obviously. This is the only way. They're literally like the future Edgar and, um, what's her name? Edgar. Jillian. Edgar and Jillian. Like, that's like what Edgar and Jillian will be if they stay together. So, LaSalle's, meanwhile, is really like zoning in on one woman who, a model who, who like, has a very similar vibe in a lot of ways 
to Ashley, except that she will call him out on his bullshit. I think she's a very different vibe in that she seems so confident. And, like, I really respected the way that she set up a boundary and then maintained that boundary. And whereas Ashley, and this is not to be mean, but Ashley kind of has, like, the baby voice. And they keep saying that she has no sense of self outside of him and she doesn't know how to stand up for herself. Like, he's really drawn to almost the opposite of Ashley as this woman who's like, this is who I am. If you like it, great. And if you fuck up, that was your shot. Yeah. And he doesn't even say... Sorry, doesn't even say that, like, her calling him out felt like love. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Mark Wahlberg, well, Mark host Wahlberg Mark Wahlberg that. says. <laughs> and he's and like, also, oh, yeah. he's like, about yes. Wal- Mark Wahlberg, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have lots of thoughts about Mark Wahlberg to get into later, but... I cannot get over the, like, Chris Harrison intonation. Like, the way he speaks is so Chris Harrison. It's mind-boggling to me. I keep on calling him Chris Wahlberg because I keep remembering that it's Wahlberg and forgetting that he's not Chris Harrison. There's something so different about it, though. He's he's a very odd... He's much more, like, dad at the barbecue to me than Chris Harrison. He doesn't have quite the same, like, host polish. It's more just like, hey, like, I'm Jenny's dad. Like, thanks for coming over to the barbecue. Like, how are things going with you and Mike? Like, I heard you guys took a break a little while Oh, back. he's like, like how's Jenny's that dad who, like, briefly dabbled in therapy and, like, took some high-level psych courses. <laughs> no, he himself got divorced. The therapy for his own marriage did not take. But now that he's divorced and he's on the other side of it, he's like, I know the answer. He's like, those who can't do teach, right? I've heard that before. I just kind of feel... Like, he and Chris, like, they just, like, the way that they speak and there's something about their, like, construction that's so similar to me but different. Like, I feel like Chris Harrison, I feel like they were cousins and they but grew Chris up. Chris is, one like, of them, useless. Chris right. doesn't even try to give any sort of thoughtful But, like, one of them advice. grew up in a city. Like, Chris Harrison grew up, like, in Los Angeles. Like, if they were cousins, Chris Harrison grew up in Los Angeles and Mark Wahlberg grew up in, like, Covina. And they, like, knew like each other. Fe. Or, like, Santa Fe or somewhere that's, like, or, like, Scottsdale <laughs> or somewhere that's just, like, yeah, not here. Yeah, I was going to say Sunbelt. And he got, like, a little, he's, like, a little bit of a scrambled egg version, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see it. Yeah, it, even, like, his eyes are so blue, and I don't really notice eye color, but there's something about how it all goes together where I'm just, like, is he, like, digitally altered in some way? Like, there's some sort of, like, glitch, and Mark Wahlberg was produced by the glitch. Um, he's an interesting presence, and especially when he tries to really, like, deeply therapize them. And I'm like, why would... <laughs> I don't think I would go to this man <laughs> for that. Sometimes I like it, but sometimes I'm like, okay, boundaries. Take a step back. If, yeah. they're feeling, if, they, if their feelings are healthy to begin with, I don't like when he goes in and tries to, like, tweak them. Do you know what yeah. I love that he does is at the bonfire, after they all watch a clip, and then he turns to the person who it was, like, about, and he goes, what did you see? I love that. He's like, I understand what you feel, but what did you see? Yeah. (laughs) And then when they say what they saw, and he goes, well, that's not what happened, but I understand. But that's that's what what you saw. Yeah. He's rigorously holding them to account. He's like, no fake news here. Here's what actually happened. But let's, okay, sure. Let's talk about your feelings. Sorry, sorry. Let's go back. I I know I got us off, but. Yeah, let's talk about, let's, let's talk about LaSalle's a little bit more. In this episode, LaSalle's, has been told by Trace that he has, like, fuckboy vibes and she's not about that. And so he's like, I told Trace that I need space because I have a lot of people wanting to get to know me, but I actually just want to get to know Trace. She set a boundary. So I have to reject Alexa. 
who is the Jersey girl who's been like really pursuing him. He has to sit her down. Alexa had the biggest 180 to me of when she came out and she wasn't as polished as the rest of them when they did the introductions episode one. She seemed so cute. She's a little realtor. She felt very like authentic and organic. And she has revealed herself to be like the most laser beam. I'm coming for you. Like like, she is there to steal him. Like she's there to steal. (laughs) I thought she was going to be the sweetheart, but... And he's I, not, I misread her. He is not into it. And I thought he did a pretty good job of just being like, we're stepping back from this. This isn't happening. And then he did a smart thing, which is ask, well, first he asks Trace on, on his next date. And she's like, no, no, go find yeah. someone else. And so he asks her best friend and basically has a platonic date where he just really wins her friend over. Genius move. Yeah, very smart. I love how even on their date, he's like, after Trace and I was like, who's someone else who's really cool that I could go on a date with? Brie. And she's like, listen, I know what's going on here. Like, you're using me to, like, get to Trace. And I love that. Trace is the best. Like, let's do this. Use me however you want. (laughs) Like, Brie knows exactly what's going on. And she's very there for it. Um, And so... I am a bit nervous about how smart of a move that was for somebody who's been out of the game for seven years. He really had, like, plan B down pat. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm almost like, I'm always like, that's more of a red flag to me that you're that conniving. Conniving? That's harsh. Why wouldn't he want to get to know her her best friend? I thought it was brilliant. I think it's brilliant, but I think it's, like, it makes me nervous how brilliant it was. I have to wonder if he legitimately wants to know Trace that bad and wants to, like, get a second chance with her. Or if the fact that someone said no to him has, like, put him on game mode. And that's my concern mm, with him. Interesting. Because he is, he, I think more than, I guess more than Edgar for sure. And I'd have to go through, but he stands out to me as the one who's like down to just get a new girlfriend right now. Oh, for sure. He does not seem conflicted about Ashley and it shows in his like bonfire. He, I know he keeps it close to his chest and it might not be an act, but part of me sees this as him being like, cool, vacation girlfriend, Whatever, whatever. And yeah. it makes me nervous. No, I actually get that, get that and vibe, too. And I respect too. Trace. And so I want to protect her at all costs. <laughs> I want to pr- yeah. protect both Ashley and Trace, to be honest. That's, like, my my general feeling about so many of the women is I'm, like, maybe, maybe all of these men just need to be left. See, I think for me with <laughs> Ashley, Ashley needs her heart broken. She needs to toughen up. She needs to be, like, pushed out of the nest baby bird style mm. and, like, stand on her own two feet. Trace is an adult woman. She's 26 and she put up a boundary and it was smart and she stuck to it. To me, Trace is somebody who has like the pattern of a healthy person and it's not her fault if LaSalle like comes and like gets around it. The pattern of a healthy person who went on Temptation Island as a single to steal boyfriends. None of none of these people are healthy. Fair? They wouldn't be here. That's the whole Actually, point of the show. I want to say, fair? You bring up a point. And I back down. Yeah, I guess I, I think that she does need to, like, gain that backbone that LaSalle, like, clearly wants in a girlfriend, but she shouldn't get it for him. Like, she should learn yes, that, get 100%. that backbone, and apply it to her next relationship, which she absolutely deserves. Like, she deserves a loving boyfriend. I just think that she needs to, like, get this experience, like harden her shell a little bit and then date Move someone else. Move forward and yeah. thrive. No, I yeah. totally no, the agree. The best thing that could Should happen we... to her is LaSalle's breaking her heart. Yeah. 
I think. And then I she can have like a single, she's like what, 27 like. now. She can really figure herself out, have like a year to discover yeah, herself, she'll, become she'll, the bachelorette. She'll be fine. Here's the thing. <laughs> she'll be They'll fine. all be fine yeah. if they uh, end this journey single. Yeah. Speaking of people who should like probably break up, uh, Edgar and Jillian. Oh, you could have said literally anyone. Literally anyone, yeah. Literally they should, anyone. They should all, yeah, speaking of uh, everyone on this show. Edgar but, came in just like passionately devoted to Jillian. He's very emotional. He's very like relationship guy, romance guy. And now he's, of course, like around some other beautiful women and Jillian's not there and he's starting to catch feelings for one of like, them. He's like, oh, my romance can work on other ladies too. He's, like, out here, like, three days in being, like, I'm going to begin writing poetry again because that's what's in my soul. And he is really starting to catch feelings for Marissa and goes on a date with her on his literal third anniversary with Jillian, which, incredible. These two, they're so young. I will say it's not even their behavior in the houses that, like, makes me think they shouldn't be together. It's, like, all of the information they've revealed about their relationship previously before entering the house. They're like, like, we both cheated on each other and we're 21. She was sexing her house for months. Months. The fact that it was for—it wasn't just once. It was for months explicitly— I was like, okay, so, like, before you could drink, I mean, I don't know. At some point, just try a second person. Yeah. I'm not big. Just try a second person, girl. What about in the beginning <laughs> when they were, like, when they were saying goodbye to each other and she was crying and she was like, no one compares to you. And and he was like, yeah, I don't think I like anyone else either. And she's like, yeah, no one compares to me, right? And he was like, I don't know. I mean, kind of, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's got those extra two years of experience. So he's like, maybe there's something else out there. But he's the one who really wants commitment. And what's interesting is like they had that emotional goodbye where she was like, I'm terrified to lose you, like sobbing. And he was like, okay, pat, pat. But overall, he's been the one who's much more like, I want commitment from Jillian. I'm worried that I'm not enough for her. And she's much more like, all right, Edgar's gone. Like, Maybe I'll take off my promise ring and Tommy is really cute and I'm not thinking about Edgar anymore. I mean, like, I she doesn't it. mention I, the third I anniversary. Too, I too have a budding crush on Tommy. Tommy is so cute. Tommy is he's not. He's so cute. He's not just like, oh, you can like go on a reality show cute. Like he could have been on like a team. He could have been on like 90210. He does look like a matinee idol, like old school movie star good looks. Yes. It's wild. And on their date, she's like, you know, we're just friends now, but, like, it could be more. And he says, yeah, we're friends, but, like, friends. You know what I mean? And I was like, no, Tommy, I don't know what you mean. Like, what does that mean? Your tone gave me nothing. The words are meaningless. I don't really know what there is to like about Tommy other than how cute he is. Like, we've barely seen him say anything. He's cute. And he also asserts the fact that partners should be independent humans, which I actually thought— was a really, really good point. And I thought it was an important thing for Jillian to hear because she even said like, oh, this isn't a perspective I've had in relationships. Is that independence a red flag? And I was like, no, here's the lesson you learn when you're older than 21 is that like a long-term partnership is actually going to be a hell of a lot better if you have the trust in the other person and in yourself that you can exist outside of them. And this was another thing that made me think like Jillian needs 
some life experience outside of this relationship with Edgar. I stand by Emma. I did like it when Tommy explained to her that you can have your own interests. I loved it. You guys yeah. telling me right now what Tommy, I, I guess I just wasn't listening to a word he was saying because he's so cute. Like when <laughs> you were like, the yeah. things you were like, saying his right dreamy now, face. I'm like, did he say that? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was interesting because she was so skeptical as he said it. She was like, oh, really? That's interesting. You like to be independent. You have other interests. Hmm. And she's like, is that a red flag? And then later she's like, I think that's actually really good and important. She's just so 21 years old. Like, she has no idea what things are red flags and what things are actually really good things that are healthy (laughs) for your relationship. Like, she's completely still figuring all that stuff out. And I do feel, and I don't want to be naive, but I genuinely feel like there's a lot of personal growth on Temptation Island. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why I'm loving this show so much. It's my first time watching Temptation Island, and, like, I'm on board. Like, in that close-up after the Tommy, like, finding out of independence, when she's, like, a lot of my relationships, they've all expected, they've all been obsessed with me, and I've mixed up infatuation with love. I was like, yes, Jillian. Yes. yes. Go, go, go. Yes. Yeah. I think she and Edgar actually have really different desires and needs for what they need in a relationship. And they're just confused because they're both so beautiful. And I understand that. I mean, the genius, the genius editing of her saying he used to write poetry and he gave it up when we got together. And then the next scene is him writing poetry again. And even in the bonfire, when she recognized, she's like, I'm happy he's doing the things that he loves. Like that, I think is like the healthiest, most mature thing you can say. Like, this is who this person is, and when he's with me, he can't be himself. We should each be ourselves with someone else. I was curious, though, whether Edgar stopped writing poetry with her because they were already together and whether it's maybe a component of the chase for him. Like, it's harder, it's easy to be inspired with a new partner, right? To, like, write them a poem. But I will say, I think you get to be, like, then go get inspired. I don't know, you're 23. You don't need to lock it all down. No, I don't think he should stay with Jillian because of that. I'm just, like, a little bit skeptical that she specifically shut him down from writing poetry and that some other woman is going to embrace that side of him. I think sometimes it's just... Sometimes but it's maybe just, with a different partner, he would, like, expand beyond horny poetry. And, maybe. And their chocolate eyes. <laughs> and be eyes. more fulfilled and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Iris, uh, meanwhile, um, Iris and Luke, I kind of lost track of this episode um, because Iris was connecting with George, who is, like, yes. a sports commentator who has a very, like, mature energy. And they were, like emotionally connecting and then she was like I can't do that right now because I need to be independent and find myself and so now she, there she's just there I what guess. did he say to her because he said what that guy should have said in the courtship he's like well I will be here for you and I'll yeah. like no matter what which was the correct answer I mean a vegetarian that's cooking everybody else meatballs for dinner that's the man you want to marry he's he's a good he seems like a good guy Luke, I really forgot that Luke was here. Has he connected with anyone? Is he doing anything? He is someone where I'm like, there are girls hitting on him because I think that that there's like part of the game. But I'm like, what a fucking dud. I mean, yeah. that guy Ugh. is. Oh, I know who's hitting on him. It's the girl that I hate more than any girl in the world. <laughs> in oh, the wow. world. That one. <laughs> I couldn't recall okay. her name. No idea I can... who that. I I really She's just like. like She's very background of American and Ashley movie, like in a high school scene. But what she said that made me so mad is he was talking about why it was so hard to be with Iris. And he goes, 
I'm trying to do my own business and I have to have a girlfriend and I'm trying to have friends and I have a family. And she's just like, wow, that's so hard. I can't imagine how hard it is for you. And I'm like, what? Doing the basic adult things that every adult does? Like something about the way she was engaging that date felt felt very like she had read a book in the 80s about how to trap a man. And it's like, let him talk. Ask him questions about himself. Agree that his life is so hard. And it made me like to my bones repulsed. And she was like, you need a girl who understands you, who doesn't ask so much of you. I would never be demanding and say, be kind to me and have a job. That's too much. Like, it made me gargle. She was really talking shit about Iris based on his very slanted account of what was going on. Like, he was like, she keeps bringing up stuff from the past when we fight, and it's so unfair. And I'm like, you mean the ongoing issue of you texting other girls flirtatiously? Yeah, like the fact that (laughs) you are doing sketchy shit all the time and then blaming her? Like, weird that she would bring that up. And And then the other girl was like, oh my God, that's so petty and childish. Like, there's a real immaturity to that. I can't believe some girl, I would never bring up anything from the past. Yes. It has been a really long time since I've heard a girl be told, oh, my ex-girlfriend's crazy and heard her go, yeah, she sounds crazy. I feel like as, I feel like because of Twitter and TikTok and the internet, most women have come together. That is a red flag. Like, I, like, you don't want the new person you're dating to be like, my ex, she was a crazy bitch. Like, haven't we moved beyond that? (laughs) All my exes so I was claim I lied to them. There was I did also, not love to see it. <laughs> Definitely not. There was also a weird moment where Iris was like, I just accept things in my relationship, you know? Like, Luke pays for one date night a week, and the rest of the time I just pay for myself. And, like, I thought that was normal. And I was like, it is normal. Like, what are you talking— You're in, like, a really long-term relationship. It well, seems pretty was, normal yeah. to not have— the guy pay for every single thing that you do together. That's pretty normal. That was the boy version of saying, oh, your ex sounds crazy. When they were like, that's not normal. Guys should take on all. I'm like, okay, get your bank account out. Yeah, I was like, okay, I don't, I don't think that that's (laughs) not really the knock against him that uh, some of these other things are. (laughs) I will say she does. She did make it sound like he is like, this is the weekly. I give you a little treat, like because I'm a good boyfriend, and it wasn't. Yeah, you know I, I mean? feel like maybe it's his his attitude more than the actual finances of it. Because he seems he's just to have like a, a shitty dick. attitude. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I do feel like that is normal when you say it like that for a guy to like not pay for every date. Like, of course not. Like, I think once you're in a relationship longer than like a couple months, you just kind of like one person covers it sometimes, another person covers it other times. But it, she did make it sound like. They, like, go out, and once a week, he's like, this is me taking you out on a date because I'm a good Be boyfriend. grateful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you can't complain now. Um, so let's talk about Ash and Hanya. Ash is doing things. She is really focused on Taylor, the ultimate surfer himbo. They have these long conversations where she just, like, opens up emotionally and is like, I've poured so much into my past partners. They haven't brought the same to me. And it's time for me to start, like, caring for myself. And then he'll just, like, stare at her and then, like, waggle his eyebrows and, like, giggle in this really, like, suggestive way. And then it'll cut to Ash being like, Taylor has been such a gentle force and he's been so patient (laughs) and kind. And I'm like, what are you seeing in how Taylor is handling these conversations that I am not? Is Hanya just just like that big of a piece of trash that yes. like no response. She's <laughs> like, wow, what an incredible man. He he stayed silent while I said something. And then he giggled. And then he giggled. Oh, incredible. I have to say, and I can only judge based on what I've seen and 
But the way that Ash, every time she sees Hanya grind up on a girl, be like, I guess he hates me. Meanwhile, she's sleeping in a bed and making out with a guy first. Like the the weird double standard of Ash and Hanya's physicality. I'm like, Ash, you're in the wrong, girl. Like if you think what he's doing is fucked up, you would hate to see you right now. (laughs) That's sort of true. I think that she also came in with a certain mindset that was like, he really wants this open relationship. So like, here I go. Like I'm doing it. But she was actually hoping that he would would learn the lesson that she wanted, which is maybe we don't do an open relationship. And so whenever she sees him doing his normal shit, she's like, so he's not learning anything. And she's not really thinking of her own behavior in the same light because she's Hanya like, that's what he wants us to do. does, in fact, think he's learning things. Mostly, does. I don't want my woman that I own to be sleeping in a bed with someone else. So maybe I do want commitment. We're talking about a guy who has, she said, has introduced her in front of hot girls as my friend, Ash. Like, if I were Ash, I too would have a special complex about Hanya's behavior with other women. I do think, like, theirs was fucked up before the end. Do you know what I mean? Like, this isn't going to do Oh, we we decided after one episode, we were like, they need to break up immediately. Ash deserves better. Uh, Hanya's our enemy. Yeah, that's what what I was going to say is, like, from the core of it, they just don't like each other. Like, they don't seem like they're not, like, they, it feels like they just have, like, sexual chemistry, and that's truly it. I think they're just in a small town. I mean, I have to say, one year, one and a half years together is not that long of a time to be together. To be moving to New York, like, yeah, they're not gonna work. Like, what the fuck is your game plan here? Like, you're like, oh, I'm gonna get out of Temptation Island and then move across the country, and that's when we'll really find commitment. There's no temptation You guys are gonna break up. (laughs) Yeah, they're definitely gonna break up, and it's gonna be for the best. But Hanya thinks that he is really learning. He's he's not really doing what a lot of the other people are doing, which is trying out, like, a practice partner. He's just asking different people on dates. He's giving thigh hickeys to people, and— I got to say, I wish that I had never seen that. But what's interesting about this to me is that he actually is trying out the open relationship, which isn't really, I mean, what most of the people are doing with it. They're like, do I need a different partner? He's like, this is the open relationship I wanted. And then he's like, but I don't like it because now Ash is also hooking up with people. And I actually, it turns out I don't like that. And I guess I didn't think that would happen or like I didn't think about it too hard. And Maybe I will give up giving thigh hickeys to women if Ash will no longer get whipped cream licked off of her. He doesn't He doesn't want an open relationship. He wants what he had, which is he's allowed to cheat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And that's a specifically different thing. Which um, is exactly it, why Ash wanted to come on Temptation Island. She's like, at least this time I'll see what he's doing while right. he's cheating on me. But it's. I feel like more than that, she wanted him to see what she's doing. Mm. Because it seems like he's been acting this way in front of her for years. I mean, that this is my friend, Ash, when it's his girlfriend. Like, he seems... I bet he would do this in front of her, whereas, like, I think she wants him to be like, oh, yeah, you want me to hook up other people? Watch me. Like, literally, physically watch me. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a really good point. She's getting that, like... It's like the Reddit post that's like, I asked for an open relationship and now my girlfriend is getting it from hot dudes and I'm not. But like on a reality show, it's happening and she's living that fantasy. Um, And so when they get to bonfires, you know, a lot of them already seem kind of checked out to me. Like they're just looking at what their partners are doing and they're like, that's what I expected. Um, Half of them are like, yeah, that's a good point that they made. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) 
they're all like, maybe our, my relationship is not worth saving. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, moving on. I'm having a great time with Marissa. Um, but Ash gets very emotional and discloses that in her previous two relationships, she was first physically and mentally abused, and then in her second relationship, emotionally manipulated. And so I think that also gives some context yeah. to why she is so sensitive about Hanya's behavior, which is right. That- it's completely triggering because she doesn't have a history of healthy relationships or a baseline of trust. And like, it's just another reason that they are a bad match. She clearly needs a relationship where she feels secure. And I just very much doubt that Hanya will ever be able to give that to her. I appreciated Mark Wahlberg coming in with the Goodwill Hunting. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. This was Mark Wahlberg (laughs) at his most therapist. He's like, I am your dad and your therapist. I am here for you. I will deliver the tough love, but I will also give you the reassurance that you need. Yeah. And then after she cries, he's like, it's okay. We all got you and we're getting there. We're going to keep doing this. And I was like, literally, are you at the end of a therapy session where you're like, this is just part of our process and you will be healed by the end. Can I say, I do think, okay, so I have a theory about when people say they want closure, that like nobody wants closure. They want agnoresis, which is like this thing from like in a Greek tragedy, it's only sad if you like wake up and see before you die that like, it's only sad that he knows he fucked his mom. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Like if you're a, if you're on a desert island and you're about to die, it's only sad if, like, with your last breath, you see the ship that was coming to save you. Like, there has to be that last moment mm. for it to be an official tragedy. And I think what Ash is getting here is not closure, but that. Like, at the end of the show, she is going to see Hanya in pain because of his own actions of wanting this open relationship. And I think when she gets that, she's going to feel, like, released from him and, like, mm. get to ha- feel him in pain, too, because she's been in such pain, and it, and then go on to a better relationship. And I think she's going to come out better for this. a great point, and I completely agree with you. So something that Claire and I wanted to do to kind of wrap up this episode was rate each of the couples on a scale of, one, let's make it work, two, five. This whole thing was a mistake, break up immediately. So we will go couple by couple and give them a one to five on a scale of yeah. one to five. Let's start with Iris and Luke. So I'm going to give them a four. I really think they need to break up. Yeah. I feel like a four is almost generous. See, it's it's hard for me because am I not going to give everyone a five? <laughs> I don't know. Like, who seems... For me, there. I have... Iris and Luke are a hard five. <laughs> I mean, I will say the evidence is strong. He texts other girls because he's insecure that she's hot. Like, that alone is a deal breaker. Like, they're both blaming each other a lot for what went wrong in their relationship. Like, they're clearly just not prepared to reenter a relationship with their imperfect partners. It really may have to be a five And they're both, yeah, like, not in an emotional place for a relationship. Like, he's so, like, Mm -hmm. listen, I made some little mistakes. Get over it. And she's, like, everything he does is not appreciating me. So, I think, like, I gave them up. I gave them one point because I had to save five for a couple that I think there's no reason they should ever (laughs) stay together. I do think that if Iris and Luke each go on, like, a profound journey and they emerge at the end and are, like, you know, we really see now clearly the problems in our relationship and how to fix them. I, you're I saying think maybe could they could make be it work within the realm of possibility if within things the realm hugely of possibility. changed. Yeah, 
Okay, okay, not, I'll buy that. Not expecting it. They also both have been kind of generous with the other one, like in their reactions to each other's clips. I think there there is some amount of self-awareness. So I did appreciate that. Yeah. And I think the fact that Iris broke things off with George so she could discover herself shows like the capability of self-growth. Agree. Yeah, I could see them like doing some hardcore couples therapy one day and potentially making it work, but I'm not expecting it. LaSalle's and Ashley... I'm giving them a three. I feel like they're personally. the most likely to stay together out of out of the group. And the one I would perhaps be the least upset if, if they stayed together. Just because they do have an actual baseline of seven years together, a real partnership. They both seem very aware about what the issues were are and like their codependence. And I don't know if I think they should stay together, but I feel like, again, if they really committed themselves to reinvigorating the spirit of their relationship, it, it can be done. Yeah. I feel like there's simultaneously, like, I feel there's a lack of respect from LaSalle's side, but there's not a cruelty. Yeah. I agree. And I, I think that, like, the real problem, and this is maybe maybe you should make them a five, I just don't think that they're well-suited to, like, draw out the qualities that they want from each other. Mm. I think that LaSalle's is more expressive and open with Trace because she's firmer with him and sets more boundaries, and he responds to that. And Ash really wants that from him, but she gets it more from someone who is a bit more available Naturally as a baseline. Open. Naturally yeah, open. True. Yeah, and, I think that And that they allows both... her to be more self-possessed because she's not, like, clamoring for something that's locked up. It's clear that they both could find people that might just be, like, an easier fit. It's really a question of how much do they want to recommit themselves to this relationship and how willing are they to both, like, make changes uh, in order to get that. And so, How willing are they to sit down with us for a course of completely uh, unlicensed couples therapy to make this work? I'm willing. I can be the next (laughs) Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Let's talk about Edgar and Jillian. Five. <laughs> Can I tell you, simply because of age, I actually, mm-hmm. I often say I would not wish marrying your high school sweetheart on anybody. Like, I just think the opportunity to grow, like, even if you, I'm not like a soulmate person, but even if you met your soulmate, like, I don't know, they should both get to grow and not be held accountable to the actions of their 17-year-old selves. I'm, I, I want them to both break up. I'm biased. They met in college. A lot of people that I know well and love who are married met in college, and I didn't meet my husband in college, but I've seen it work enough times that I'm like, it's possible. I'm giving them a four, personally, just because she does want what you're describing. She wants to be in her 20s and free and independent, and Edgar is like, I want this, like, world-ruining, all-consuming romance, and for that to dictate the rest of our lives, and it's just not gonna, it's not meshing. For them. Yeah, I don't see them staying together. They need to be need to be free and they both deserve the world, but but separately. Yeah, I agree with that. I just don't think that they like have the drive to say like I don't know. I don't I think there's too much history of them like betraying each other that like I think that like when that's like the foundation of a relationship, why press forth? Like if you keep cheating on each other, maybe you don't want to be together. Um let's talk about Hanya and Ash. I saved my five for them. A five plus. Ten. Off the charts. Break the fuck up. Run. Run. I do. 
I know I already said this, but I mean, they came to this show knowing they were about to move across the country and wondering if they like break up or have an open, like they came broken up. Do you know yeah. what I mean? They knew. There yeah. is no reason for them to stay together. They don't like each other that much. They don't like, they're not going to even live in the same city after this. Like for what? They don't seem to respect each other. Yeah. In a way that you need to respect someone that you're going to be in a, especially a long distance relationship. And they haven't even been together that long for it to be like, what are we throwing away? Like you're throwing away nothing. (laughs) Just run. Yeah. Run. Yeah. Just get out. I, I hope and pray that whatever Hanya is doing to try to like rehab for Ash, that it's not successful and that they can just like amicably part. I do feel like part of this is that he's like, I bagged this hottie in what Santa Fe and she's moving away. And he even says in like their intro, he's like, it's a small town. He's like, there aren't that many options. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he landed, I mean, she's much hotter than him. Much. Yeah. Much Leaps and, and I think bounds hotter. With the open relationship, he's trying to push the boundaries of like, I got like the hottest option I could get in Santa Fe, but like, what else can I get while keeping This her is on what the we line? always talk about. We always talk about how men have no concept of getting a girl out of their league and then being grateful for it. As soon as they have landed a girl who's out of their league, they're like, all right, this is my new baseline. What's next? And it's like, how can no, I level no, up? no, 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 no. They see it as a promotion. Yes. They're like, all right, (laughs) this is my new standard because, like, this girl has confirmed me at this level. And so now I get to, like, keep vying for a higher option. And it's like, what? But the problem is it works because other girls will be like, I don't think you're hot. And then you'll see his hot ex and go, well, maybe you are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just did not know. (laughs) What's he bringing to the table? I got to find out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I hope that Ash escapes and... I think we ought to wrap it up there because we've been talking about Temptation Island for so A long. Very long I could time. continue. I mean, for every one minute of Temptation Island, I could talk for 20. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we must put a cap on it. Claire, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. It was so much fun. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. That's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon, Emma Gray, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Habib, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. Thanks, of course, to our wonderful guests, Claire Parker and Ashley Hamilton. And if you like the show, please rate us five stars and leave a review. And of course, help spread the word, especially to your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions, voice memos, and suggestions for shows you'd like to see us cover in the Bachelor off-season. You can also find us on Twitter at Love to See It Pod and Instagram at claireandemmapod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at claireandemma.substack.com. We will be talking about the ultimatum on there soon. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at EmmaLadyRose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next week with more gossip and more on the courtship and Temptation Island. Stitcher. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. 
Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.